grabs it and he goes, okay, Rico, and just hums it. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Stomp. Right on the forehead. <laughs> Rico goes down. He takes his glove, throws it on the ground, and he says, baseball sucks. And that's the last time he ever watched a game. That was it. Welcome back to The Unrestricted, and welcome back to Richard Carnahan. It was tough having you out last week, but Bob and I, you know, we pulled through. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for giving me uh, that week. I, I did get my master's in criminology. You did? Yeah, last week. Nice. So, Congratulations on that. I'll probably be using that here in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> did you listen to the pod? Uh, <laughs> did, I don't even think y'all sent it to me. Uh, we don't have to send it to you. Oh, like and subscribe. That's how podcasts work. Okay, wait a minute. God we, we bless do, America. We do a podcast. Yes. People can listen to it. Yes. On the internet. On the interwebs, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, all right. Well, you learn something every day. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Are we coming up on our one-year anniversary almost? We sure are. We're like a, uh, two weeks away. Yeah, this is actually episode 50. Is that oh, right? My. This is episode 50. We're a middle-aged white man. <laughs> we resemble that. Yeah, you got that right, Bob. So this is affectionately the Admiral's episode. Why is it? Oh, okay. five oh. Five oh. Yeah, five oh. Absolutely. I've got an Admiral story. You do? Yes. Tell me. Okay, so the Admiral for a brief stint was a member at SAC. And he was playing in a tournament. And That's you know, San Antonio Country Club for everybody out there. Roger, Wilco. So, you know, when you walk up the stairs to go to either the tavern, or the men's grill, or the uh, locker room, yep. you walk up those stairs? Yep. I was walking down, not paying any attention, and I look up and donk. I run right into him. To his nuts? Right into his satchel. No, did you really? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I was like, ah! And he's like, ha, ha, ha. He just laughed. Because apparently that happens a lot. I did the same thing with Moses Malone. Where were you? I was at the JCC watching Summer League basketball when I was a kid. So is, is Moses Jewish? No, no. <laughs> definitely not. Well, he would not. know after running into him there. <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> I could tell you about it, sir. You, sir. That's a snuffleupagus. It is. It must happen to seven footers more often than we know, because there's two stories. There's a about lot it. of crotch time. Yeah, hey, though, though. Catch a whiff. If David Robinson wasn't such a nice guy, that may have been the fourth Hall of Famer to tell you to fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. He actually gave me his number. <laughs> Are y'all catching the NBA Finals? You into it? It's interesting. It, it got it, interesting, I what think. The, what the hell was Denver doing in the fourth quarter? I don't know. They made a lot of mistakes. They went away from their game. Miami, give them credit. They have a funny way. It's like a UFC fighter or a, or a boxer who drags it into a street fight rather than a boxing match. Who just kind of stays in there, stays in there, and just kind of pisses you off yeah, and they makes you muck do it, stupid they, things. They muck it up, mm -hmm. right? They muck it up. And, and, and Miami does a really, really good job of that. And if you listen to the National Pundits, oh, now we're in for a long series. I'm not so sure. You look at the statistics from game two, and Miami shot almost 50% from the three-point line. They made 17 threes. Yeah, th there was a very interesting 
they pointed it out in the broadcast that as Miami was making shots, and they made a lot of shots in the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, yes, allowed them to set their defense. Yes. And the couple times where they went into transition, it was a struggle, but they were able to still set their defense and frustrate Denver. The other thing they did, do you see the stat on Jokic's assists? Yeah, way down. They turned him into a scorer. Yeah, he went for 42 or 41, whatever 41. it was. Um, but, like, you know, if he's not giving the ball up, if he's not getting everybody else involved, it changes the flow of their team. How, right? many, how many wins does Denver get when Jokic has four or fewer assists? Probably none. The number is zero. Yeah. They, uh, so you, you I know who that is? Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, best yeah. coach in the game. Yep. We've talked about it a lot. Dude's and, a beast. Yeah. Now, I don't think they can they I don't think they can do that four times in seven no. games, which you know, they only have to do it three and five now, but I don't see that happening. I think I think Denver's smart enough to figure out their zone and get Jokic touches in the middle where he can be a distributor more often than he was in game two. After after what Malone did coaching Denver in, in the stretch of that game, I don't know. I really don't know. He didn't coach a great game down the stretch, he did, did he? He did not. I, I would have called timeout. Would you? Probably. 12 seconds to play. Your team's not necessarily rolling on offense. If you call timeout, yeah, Miami probably fouls and sends you to the line because, remember, they're up three, right? So they don't want to let you shoot a three. So they foul you. That was you a go gr- to the line. Yeah, that was a great coaching decision to tell his players, don't foul. Don't foul. Yeah, in that situation yeah. because you know they're going up, right? But if they'd called timeout, they probably would have sent Denver to the line. Denver makes two free throws, you hope. Then you play the long game. And then you have that opportunity in that timeout to set up a play for your next offensive possession. I think it was a mistake by Malone, but that's just me as – you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. If he makes that shot, we all go, oh, great job not calling timeout, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are we in for a long series? I'm thinking this one goes seven. I, I really? actually think it can go seven. Really? I think it goes six. I don't even think it gets past five. So, Denver, rest of the way. Rest of the way. Yep. I think they're that good. I think they'll figure it out. They showed it in the last several series. I mean, look, L.A. gave them a nice fight in four straight games. But they won all four of those games, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jokic is the best player in the game. I don't think it's close. Um, I, I get really pissed off when people say, yeah, but Joel Embiid is the better one-on-one player. You don't play one-on-one. That's not the game. Yeah. <laughs> it just isn't. Sorry. Did you see um, Jokic when he was coming out and he was it was before he was practicing for a team? And he's like, yeah, I'm not that fast. I don't jump that high. Yeah. I, I just play basketball. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> I also heard him once, you know, somebody was saying, how do you throw these passes off balance? And they're always on the money. He goes, I do not know. For my whole <laughs> life, for my whole life, just wherever I throw the ball, that is where it goes. <laughs> and it's kind of the way he shoots, too. Yeah. Because no two shots look alike. But the ball always seems to go up with deft touch. It's just feel, man. Yeah, he's he's really a marvel to watch. And I'm glad that the world is getting to watch him. Because even in defeat, he was tremendous. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy handles the ball all freaking game long. And he never seems to make a bad decision. Yeah, there was the one pass that he kind of miscommunicated with Porter Jr. and threw it out of bounds late in the game. And that was a costly turnover. But 
for the most part, the guy just doesn't make mistakes, man. Yeah, and and to your point, I, I don't. Th- if Denver doesn't make a lot of those bad, bad foul decisions, they fouled a lot of shooting players. They sure did. And gave away a lot of points. Yeah, they gave away uh, nine points on three fouled three point shooters. That's bad, right? Yeah, can't they, make those mistakes. And they were stupid. And they yeah. were stupid fouls. All of them. All three. And by the way, Denver didn't shoot their usual really good number from behind the arc. KCP was off. Michael Porter Jr. was off. I mean, it is to an extent a make or miss league. Miami made their shots. Denver did not. I don't know. That might be oversimplification because I agree with you. They did turn Jokic into more of a scorer than a passer. That's what, if you remember, that's what Pop did to Steve Nash that always used to piss off Nash. They're like, yeah, go for 40. Yep. Go for 40, but we're not going to let you give Amare Stoudemire eight assists per game, right? Easy flushes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an air conditioner repairman in Miami, be prepared for a call for a defunct air conditioning system where you're going to go to the job and do nothing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I read a cool article this morning. Uh, I say cool. It kind of pissed me off. Do y'all read The Atlantic? Every now and then. Yeah. Only when you tell me to. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. I'm sure you guys haven't read it yet, but go out and check it out when you have a chance. It's called How Baseball Saved Itself by Mark Levovich. It is, it's, 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 it's an interesting article. Okay. First of all, it's title, How Baseball Saved Itself. Really? Are we sure? It seems a lot like we're spiking the football at the 45-yard line on our way to the end zone. I mean, yeah, the pitch clock has helped. But, like, has baseball really saved itself? Attendance numbers in the last, like, 20 years are down, like, 15 million average per season. That's a lot, mm-hmm. right? Viewership, and by the way, this article, very much like baseball, is long <laughs> and doesn't seem to have it, – it, it, it doesn't seem to have a whole lot of um, pace – metrics or pace for that matter. Yeah. Metrics that substantiate its claim about baseball saving itself. I mean, it doesn't say, Oh, viewership's way up. Cause I don't think it is. You still have the sports, two biggest stars languishing on the West coast where nobody gets to see them. Right. Well, and, a, and on a team that hasn't had no competitive success. Right. Uh, and <laughs> so the article is very much, it very much is an ode to old baseball, how much the, 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 the game used to be great, and how tired are all of us about uh, in reading articles and hearing, you know, long soliloquies about the greatness of baseball of yesteryear. And this article is exactly that. Like, it, it, how is baseball saving itself? I don't know. Because it's not really mentioned in the article other than the pitch clock. Yes. Okay. Games are 28 minutes shorter. Thank God. Thank God. And that is an improvement. I've watched a little bit more baseball this year than I have in past years. You two? Yep. Uh, No. Yes. No. No. Yes. Yes. And yes. But I will tell you this. As last night, Major League Baseball College World Series and Women's uh, College World Series were on. I watched Women's College World Series. How about you guys? I watched um, the Aggies and Stanford. That was a great game. Because the winner of that game gets Texas. Yep. Yeah. And by the way, I think college baseball, 
is much more entertaining to watch than Major League Baseball. I think women's college softball is far more entertaining. I think it's the most entertaining of the three, to be perfectly honest. You're looking at me funny uh, there, Bob. I yeah, not me. Really? Why not? I I, I don't I don't find that I don't find that game compelling. I actually don't find college baseball compelling. Interesting. Major if, League Baseball is though. Out of those three, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna put me on a deserted island and say choose out of those three, I'm choosing Major League Baseball. Interesting. And and even more so now because the pitch clock is. It's it's now a change that you do, I don't notice. I don't notice that there's a pitch clock. It's just that the game flows faster. The game flows the fastest by far in women's college softball. Quicker pitches, more balls in play, infielders who have to field and get it to first or second wherever they're throwing as quick as they possibly can. There's no two hops, then a crow hop, then an easy toss over to first like okay. you see in Major League Baseball. The speed of women's college softball is awesome, I feel like. Okay. No? Not for me. Interesting. I mean, I mean, I, I respect your choice, and I accept your choice that it's good and valid for you. It's just not mine. Interesting. And the, here's the thing with, with Major League Baseball, and yeah, it's 28 minutes shorter, but like the speed of the game is still dictated by whiffs, balls and strikes, walks, and home runs. What? Like, it, it is taking forever to see a ball in play because guys are batting, the league average is 228 or whatever the hell it is. I mean, I, I wish baseball was a little bit more like hockey in, in, in this respect. In hockey, if the, the NHL wants to make a rule change, they make a rule change and it's, and it's done very, very quick. In baseball, it takes forever to change rules because we have a love affair with nostalgia. Theo Epstein is doing a lot to change that and get forward. Yeah. I think yeah. I think one of the next things that they're looking at that is very interesting is the whole robo umpire for balls and strikes. Yeah. And it's not so much that we get the the balls and strikes correct. There was an interesting uh, commentary I heard from a from a writer about they're actually looking at modifying the strike zone a little bit. Hmm. to get more action, to get more balls in play, that type of thing, to kind of alter how the game, not, not played, but, but how the how many balls are get. in play, yes. So I think Theo and what Major League Baseball is doing is baseball saving itself, saving in the present tense. I think they're going towards a way where baseball could remain relevant. But how baseball saved itself? Probably a bad title. It seems a little premature to save that, to say that. I mean, talk about the nostalgia of the game. One of the coolest things about uh, men's college baseball, which you're watching a lot of, and women's college softball, which I'm watching a lot of, is you have all this rah-rah from the dugout, rah-rah from the crowd, you get the guys who get to first base and do some sort of crazy hand signal back to them. And Major League Baseball frowns because of 100-year-old rules. Now, we're getting a little more it's of it. It's changing. We're getting a little more of it. But, like, can we have some excitement to the game? I don't give a flip if you flip your bat. I don't. I don't want the next pitch to be in the guy's ear. And Like, it should be an exciting it, sport. It is changing. And I think – I forget – World Cup baseball, whatever we had during spring training, I think is part of that change to bring the fun into the game, to show people that 
it's not a bad thing to flip a bat. It's not a bad thing to celebrate. It's yeah. not a bad thing to do that. And you yeah. don't have to play uptight. And yeah. Major League Baseball for the longest time has been played uptight and lily white and like just frankly it, and and you know, you watch the Cubans play, you watch the Dominicans play. That's not how the crowds are. Nope. That's not how the that's not how the players are. That's just not the way the game is played and it's much more exciting to watch Dominican baseball. Yeah. Is is baseball saved? No. Is baseball dead? No. We're in some okay. limbo. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> baseball. We play baseball. Played? Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It was as much fun to play as anything. Yeah. It's fun when you're young, I think. And then it gets monotonous. Like, Rico, he's got friends that play baseball year-round. Oh, God. And by the time they get to high school, they're burnt. Yeah, dude. They're done. Um, I think they just finished their, their club season, and they were in, like, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. Corky ruined baseball for Rico. Your dad ruined it for your son? Yeah. How so? I think it was his sixth birthday. Yeah. And Corky got him a, a glove, and he's a lefty, so he thought that was pretty cool. And um, we're uh, having lunch, and he's like, all right, let's go throw the ball. And I said, well, hey, Pop. Rico's never really played baseball. Uh, oh. <laughs> and he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, I stopped playing baseball in seventh grade, and <clears throat> I don't even have a glove. He's like, well, here, here, here's a glove. So he, he bought three gloves nice. to his credit. Nice. We're all going to throw the ball around. All right. So we get in a triangle, and I throw the ball to Corky. He grabs it, and he goes, okay, Rico, and just hums it. Bro. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thump. Right on the forehead. <laughs> Rico goes down, he takes his glove, he throws it on the ground, and he says, baseball sucks. And that's the last time he ever watched a game. That was it. Yeah, I feel you. That was it. You know what I'm getting from my kids lately? What's that? Can we go to Port Aransas? Can we go to Port Aransas? I love it. Dude, I am the biggest, I was, the biggest Port Aransas rat in the history of Port Aransas rats. I mean, I literally spent my whole childhood, spring breaks and summers, Going to Port A. You know, my parents had a shitty house, a, a, just about a shack that we had, and I absolutely loved it. It is dead to me, though. Tell me why. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. Port Aransas isn't what it was, man. Like, I, I, the last time I took my kids there, I took them without my wife. And I had to, like, worry that my kids were going to get bit, bit by a pit bull Walking down the beach. Yeah. You know? Like, it, it, it's not what it used to be, no, man. No, stop that. No, no. The pit bulls were there when you were a kid. We just see differently with child's eyes. Are you sure? I am absolutely positive. I'm sh- I'm, I'm 100% sure that people weren't flying flags that said, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> and my son, who can now spell, was dead. Daddy, what does that mean? You know? Well, I mean, there is a little bit of that, but... For, for me, my Port Aransas was Wildwood, New Jersey. And I'm sure if I went back to Wildwood, New Jersey right now, it would be perceived to me to be an absolute cesspool of humanity and the lower dregs What's of What's in New Jersey, so it probably was back then, too. Wow. Port Aransas, I mean, yeah, we used to call it Port Armpit, but, like, I don't know. There was something kind of hippie-ish about it. There's a little nostalgia. Yeah. And now they're, they're, they're building million dollar houses and the valuations have just come in and now they're two and a half million dollar houses and 
I don't know. It's not. It's not a nice beach, and for developers to come in and put nice beach prices on their development, it, it well, like up. it's watercolor Florida or something, right? Yeah, it's not. It's just not. It's, and by the way, there's like a seaweed infestation, I think, down there right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you need to write an article how Port Aransas saved Port Aransas. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of dead to me. I know my kids want to go, and we'll go for like a day or two. But, like, you know, basically, I don't want to worry about him getting bit by a pit bull. Sorry, sorry for all the pit bull owners out there. We realize most of your pit bulls are very, very nice and gentle and loving little pets. Just keep them on a leash, please, if you don't mind. The bad ones have made a bad name for the rest of you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Hey, boys, it's nice to have you back, Richard. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, do the, buddy. Do this again in a week or so? Yeah, I actually just got the uh, uh, reminder on my watch to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Hey, like and subscribe, Richard. Oh, okay. That way we won't have to send you our own shows. When's the next uh, basketball game? Uh, Wednesday. Okay. Why the hell does the NBA spread these freaking games out? I have no idea. Why is it three? It, is it, do they want to clear the schedule from the Stanley Cup? No. Is that really why? No. Three days be- between two back-to-back games in the same city. Yeah, that was the weird one, was going Thursday to Sunday when the it wasn't even a travel game, right? You know, games one and two were both in Denver. I understand having an extra day for the national media to travel from Denver to Miami. I get it on a travel day, but I don't get it. But why Thursday? I can understand pushing from Saturday to Sunday for the for the eyeballs. Yeah. But push it from Thursday to Friday? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't get it. Stupid people. Yeah. Who's going to make the most moves in the offseason? NBA. It might be the Spurs. Okay, what have you been hearing? Well, can we save that for next week's pod? Yes. Yeah, because we'll be closer to the draft. We'll have one week's more information on kind of who's doing what. The NBA Finals will be winding down. We, I think we're just going to have a better picture next week. Okay. And possibly we'll know exactly how long John Moran's suspension is. Yeah. No, I think they're going to hold on to that one for a while. Yeah, I agree with you. Boys, I enjoyed it. See you next week. Peace out. Adios. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move.